Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is an Intel Studios production that is enhanced with Intel technology. To see pictures, articles, and links of what's being discussed, download the Intel app by going to entale.com. We are recording. How are you? Well. Yeah. Oh, it's like that, is it? How long have we got here? Uh, It's... I thought, shall I lie? Yeah. No, don't lie. Um, um, you're you're feeling a bit anxious. Yeah, I am. I just hate, I hate this whole powerlessness. I hate feeling, well, firstly, I hate feeling powerless over a pandemic. I, I, I don't like being told, I didn't mind when I felt like it was a universal lockdown mm-hmm. for the NHS. I felt that. I understood it. I got it. I'm beginning to feel rebellious and that's frightening. It makes me anxious. I don't want to feel rebellious. I don't want to do the wrong thing. I can't talk about it because I don't, oh, it's just like, I don't know what's going on. I feel very confused. So, you know, like I want to go and see my parents. I don't want, I don't want my mum mm. and dad to be scared of you seeing me mm-hmm. or touching me or, you know. I don't know, it's just so, it's heartbreaking. And, you know, like, I haven't even gone there with the economy, but it's just on a humane level, just seeing people, hugging people, mm-hmm. seeing people for dinner or, you know, I don't know, it's just, it's hard on everyone. And I'm just, like, having one of those days where it's all on top of me. Really? Yeah. You feel engulfed by Yeah. By it. How are you? Yeah, fine, thanks. <laughs> Never been happier. Piss off. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't feel like that. I just don't, I don't know why particularly. I just, I don't know. I, I, I think I've just got, I've got other things that I'm worried about rather. That That's kind of the least of my worries, I suppose. Yeah, it's the biggest of mine. Yeah. But that I sometimes I find it hard to talk to you about it because mm. I know that you feel like that. So I feel like, well, I don't want to. Yeah. And also, it's a very, like, different view. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to... What's a different view? Well, you and me, like, I'm quite worried about everything and mm. doom and gloom and you're not worried at all. So then you're a bit like, but it's fine. But actually, to me, it doesn't feel yeah. fine. Do you know what I mean? I do. I, I totally do. I I, I think uh, the things I'm worried about direct, are directly related to me specifically. You seem to be worried about a bigger picture um, than I am. The world. Yeah. Well, I, I couldn't care less about the world. <laughs> I can do what it likes, quite frankly. <laughs> um, I wish I could be more like Yeah. That. I mean, you know, I think I, I tried to adopt an idea from quite an early age that if there's something I could do about it, then I, I should worry about it. But this that, is this the is thing. The yeah, I know, because there's like, this idea that... what can that... I do? But I feel like maybe there is something I can do, but I don't... I'm waiting to be... Instructed. Yeah, I yeah. feel like... I feel I like I am in a position to either calm people or help people or do something, mm. and I don't know what it is yet. And maybe... I don't know. I mean, the world has gone through pandemics before, far worse than this, and it fully recovered. You know, so it, it'll all... It'll all sort itself out. I mean, if you go back to that Spanish flu in 1918, I mean, it was horrific. Mm. And they didn't have track and trace or anything like that back no, then. Well, you know, 150 million people died. Or even telephones, you know. I made that number up, by the way. Yeah, but I mean, lots and lots of people died. Yeah. So it's nothing like that. And that resolved itself in, you know, in a time when there were no computers. But I guess no in a way, It'll sort like, this isn't sorting itself out. We've got you know, governments all over the world the trying danger. to sort it out. Uh, I and agree. And scientists and 
all of that. And you think, like, I, I've never heard so many conflicting scientific views in my life as in the last six months. You know, one scientist says one thing, another says another. Mm. You know, then the one scientist... And I think it's very sad that the scientific community have all started mudslinging at each other and going, well, you're not a, you know, blah, blah, blah. And somebody's saying, well, I'm an oncologist and I'm telling you that thousands and thousands yeah. of people are going to die of cancer because mm. they're not... It's sad. But I, I, I would say that that's a good thing, actually. Mm. I mean, the mudslinging's not that good, but the debate is good because that refines the truth, ultimately. And you I can't do that. I don't feel like it does. I, I, think th it... I don't feel like it's a debate... It's not a debate. No. One side comes in and goes, this is fact. Yes. And then another side comes in and goes, no, this is fact. But, and then we're left going, what is fact? But to, re to reach the debate, I think this is just a phase you have to go through. And then everybody gets bored of the fight and then starts to resolve it. Or there's civil war and there's an uprising. There won't be. And there are military in the street. Well... I think we are a reflection. If I get locked down without you again yeah. for 12 weeks, <laughs> there'll be some military There'll be cooing. military in the streets, I'll tell yeah. you that. Um, I think we are a, a microcosm of America. It'd be worth seeing what happens in America because it is fair to say that what happens there does tend to happen here in a slightly smaller scale. So it'd be interesting to see uh, how it plays out. But it's worth looking in that direction to see how things move. For the next hour, mm. you don't have to think about the COVIDs. No. No, we can think about cheering these people up down the... Do you think I've depressed them? I probably I don't think you've depressed them. No, and I don't think there's anything depressing about what you're saying. I think it's, it's interesting and it's encouraging to know that other people, irrespective of who they are, um, are struggling a bit with this as well. <sighs> yes. It is, okay. it is a pain in the arse. I'm breathing it out. Yeah, good, good. The general thing is, I think, that you have to allow things to recover. And if you interfere too much, they don't. I think But what do, you, what do you mean by that? What are you saying? Because I think this will play itself out. I think the government's in danger of interfering too much. Scientists are... But that, are, are we agree danger. on that then. Yeah, yeah, we do. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, I think the less they do, the better, quite frankly. You That's know? what I think. Yeah. I think there's... There's 500 ways to make this worse and only one way to make it better. So God, how, how can you, like... You save some really good shit for the podcast. Like, uh -huh. I, I really could have done with that, that quote this morning. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> the, the, I, I like that statement. I can't remember where I heard it, but I think it's really, it's really interesting that there's lots and lots of ways to make things worse and very few ways to make things better. So by doing something, it's often going to make things worse. Yes. Uh, I, I think people should just take their foot off the social media break, whatever it is, and st stop talking about it and get on with doing whatever it is they can do to help themselves and to help their families. And that's that. Oh, so you're not talking about science and governments. You're I am, yeah, about, yeah. You're talking about people on social media. I'm talking about all of it across the board. I think uh, you have to allow things to recover, which takes time. And everybody wants it to happen fast. And that's the danger. Let's do it quickly. No, it'll never work if you do it quickly. What do you, you mean by have. that? Like what? The idea that we try and resolve it in the most efficient possible way mm. could, could potentially cause the most damaging results. Things just take time, I think, to, to sort themselves out. And it might take another 18 months, but it might take three years if you start messing about with it too much. It's the economy. I worry about like people's jobs and, mm. like, that's the thing. I, You know, what, what happens when furlough stops or whatever it's called, the new furlough? Yeah. It can't go on forever. Anyway... Let's not talk about that now. What have you been up to? We've not we've not done a what have you been up to conversation for a very long time. So um, you've done some long lost family. I've done some long lost family. That's really been mostly what I've been doing. Mm -hmm. I've done quite a bit of. I did some work with Boots. Um, That's right, we did which is nice. Boots we did a Christmas. kind of Christmas uh, roundup of what's happening at Boots this Christmas, which was fun. I was amazed I how much money they spent on on love that. Christmas. Yeah. And actually, I thought it was quite clever because they just got a floor and we just moved from set to set to set to talk to different people. Yes. It's quite clever, that. Yeah, yeah. It was like the house of only fools and horses or something. Yes. Where it's on one studio a floor. Set. It's, it was like a sitcom set. You're absolutely <laughs> right. It was great. But it's really interesting watching that stuff play out. These were like Zoom chats worthy to journalists and stuff like that. Was that right? Yes. So it was to explain what was going to be on offer, the kind of... 
Christmas deals and yeah, and also things like Black Friday is mm-hmm. no longer Black Friday because they didn't want to cause a complete rush into the store. Okay, on one day, which would be bad, bad mm-hmm. news for everybody. So they're doing Black November. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, so the whole of November, the whole month. That's quite good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's quite good. Um, and like forty-five percent of what they have in store is under ten pounds, okay. so you can you know, get a lot of kind of gift ideas for friends and yeah, good. relatives. But They'll not them. too much money because everybody knows that this Christmas will be yeah. a different Christmas. And I'm telling you right now mm-hmm. that I heard the words uh, from Wales today that Halloween and Bonfire Night are cancelled this year, <laughs> but they are not cancelling Christmas. No. And that is that. Funny that you can cancel a public event. I mean, it do, it doesn't get cancelled. You right? who you don't get to cancel the event. I'm going to celebrate it in my house. Yeah, exactly. It's like Halloween. you don't say, "Oh, we're going to cancel Halloween." It's like you can celebrate Halloween however in, in you your, like in your house. Yes, like you don't cancel the whole bloody thing. Bloody Grinch. Good. Okay. And the long lost family things you've been doing have been very uh, moving, haven't they? When does that come out? Well, when can people the long lost family. Can you imagine? Mm. Long lost family without hugging. Uh, no. And and what's really weird? Well, firstly, it's incredibly difficult when I go and see people, and they get upset, and I can't comfort them. Mm. It's very hard. And then, secondly, when they do meet their loved ones, if they if they get an opportunity to meet the people that they've been looking for, or the people that we've found instead of the people that they're looking for. They can't touch. And actually, it is one of the most extraordinarily powerful mm-hmm. things. You know, imagine a mother and child meeting for the first time since that baby was born. And oh. they can't hug. It's, yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Anyway, we have started offering coronavirus tests. This is a sign of the times. Yeah. Do you want a test? Yeah. Do you want to meet them tomorrow, 24 hours after you've had your test? If you're both clear, God, that's you can amazing, hug. that's isn't it? Yeah. I'm working with some actors at the moment and they're being tested every 48 hours yeah. on set. Yeah. And then if one of the one of the tests, I think, recently came back inconclusive, so they just basically had to shut down the, everything, the, everything. Until they do another test. And just do another test. And then to 48 hours, they yeah. started up again. But obviously, if you're acting as a married couple, you've got to have this physical interaction yeah. all the time. You've got to be endlessly checked. But it's just amazing, isn't it, all of that? It's a Crazy. fascinating procedure to go through just to do your job. And you I know. would imagine that being tested every 48 hours, you would start getting quite a sore nostril <clears throat> and quite a sore, sore throat. throat. Yeah. It's horrible, isn't it? Because they it's really have to, like, it. Someone was saying they've got around. now um, a thumbprick test uh, you can do now with blood. And I think oh, really? Somebody had said that. I have no idea if that's true or not. That would be amazing. It would be a bit easier, wouldn't it? At least you could go through all four fingers and, and two thumbs. Mm-hmm. How many fingers and thumbs have you got? <laughs> Without kind of scratching your tonsils every five minutes. Oh, um, we could we could review the test. Mm. So very good. And what about you? I have been um, I've been working with Dawn French a lot recently. I'm going to talk about her book, in fact. Because oh, good. We, she has been publicising this this book through Penguin, and I do this with her every year. She writes a book usually every year of some description, and then we have like a month of publicity where she does all the TV shows. So she uh-huh. did Andrew Marr. She's done this morning. Graham Norton. She's Graham Norton. And then she does these Zoom things with various mm-hmm. uh, literary people. And I've got to um, say, her mm-hmm. hair always looks amazing. Well, it's so shiny. You. If you ever saw it in its raw state, you wouldn't believe it. Is it like mine? It's frizzy. worse than yours. Is it like quite... It's um, big, bushy, frizzy hair. Isn't yeah. that it's funny? nothing like it resembles. But me and Dawn anything. have very similar mm-hmm. hair when yeah, we have yeah. been blessed by you. She texted me a while back and said... Who do you like the most, me or Davina? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I said, I love the brunette with the fringe the most. Went, nice answer. Yeah. Um, so I've been working with her a lot, which I have to say is an absolute dream, you know, because yeah. uh, I work with Charlie, the makeup girl, and Rachel, the clothes stylist. And just by coincidence, Rachel, the clothes stylist, has been a client of mine for 25 years. We didn't know we'd end up working with Dawn together. So it's funny because she's a really old friend. I've known her for such a long time. So it's good. And then the four of us have a very kind of um, nice camaraderie, Mm -hmm. camaraderie. Mm -hmm. 
So we just laugh the whole time, really. I think it's camaraderie. Camaraderie. I think, I think so. you're right. I got, I've been reading too much about communism and I got trapped somewhere between camaraderie and communism. Well, so, I think that's a, that you're going to need to tell us about that at some point at some podcast. Uh, yes, I will, actually. I mean, because... it's, it's a book that I'm still struggling to read. I don't think I'm bright enough to read it yet. So I'm waiting for the moment to grab me. So I've been working with her quite a bit and then uh, prepping actors for this big drama on Apple TV called Trying with Rafe Spall in it. Is it a second series, third series? Second series, second. this, yeah. Because um, you do a two, two people from it? Three people from three it, people. yes. So Esther Von Smith, uh, who you might know, who's in lots of comedy dramas and things like that, called the one called Uncle. I think, which my kids Yeah, she's watch. great. We um, yeah. I looked her up the other day. She's really good. Mm. And then her, a, a lady who plays her mum's called Marion. Yeah, that's her real name, and I do her hair, and she's just really, you really love nice. Yes, yeah, I'm a big fan of Marion's. So yeah, I've been doing that, and then just any other bits and pieces. Obviously, my hair talk takes up lots of time, although it only lasts an hour. Answering the questions from the people who want hair advice is a never-ending challenge, and I want to try and give them proper advice. But uh, if you ever send me a message that says, "I'm thinking of a new look," what would you suggest? You have to send a picture or something like that. You can't just send that as a statement. A picture of them now. A picture of a them picture... at that moment, really. Yeah. Not like and a picture of you on holiday a year ago. And also, we don't we don't want a picture of your forehead <laughs> or your eyebrows. We yeah. just want a picture of your face with your hair attached to it. Absolutely. We need to see... A se- just a good a, selfie. A selfie. Head, like, a, like a passport photo. Head and shoulders. Um, I say, send me a picture of your hair. People send me a picture literally of their hair, but no face... Nothing else. You've got no context. I know, it's it's, it's unbelievably difficult, that. So I'm very happy that you asked for advice and I'm really happy to give it. Um, But give me as much information as you can about yourself. Um, So that's all good fun. And then obviously this podcast, I love doing this podcast. We, We tried to film it last week. But um, didn't go very it well. didn't really work out. I mean, it, it, it's, we've it's we've filmed. decided we're going to copy Vogue and Spencer Matthews. Yeah, they they do quite. A good they job, do a don't really they? good job, but they they're very professional. So we've got to try and sort of buy some equipment. We yeah. need microphones, mic stands for yeah. the table. Yeah, and we need two cameras. Yeah, or we need one camera that switches. Yes, we do. So we're going to get some equipment. But we are going to try and get this on YouTube uh, soon so you can see us in action. don't know why, but people like watching stuff. I've got some nice things to talk about today. They're all very Should light-hearted. Yeah, let's start. God, that was quite an do you intro, want to go wasn't it? First? I do want to go first because it was something we watched together. I would like to hear what you think about it. So it was your birthday this week. Mm-hmm. You were 23, is that yeah. right? Yeah. And I bought you a DVD of something. Yeah. Uh, now, the reason I bought Can a DVD... Can we just quickly say mm. that you bought me a DVD and then a player? We didn't have a DVD player. Yeah, so I love that. Yeah. The DVD cost more than the DVD player, by mm. the way. Mm. Now, you, the reason I bought the DVD is that you can't get this on Netflix, Amazon Prime, Apple, iTunes. You can't, you can't stream it anywhere. You mm. can only buy it from Amazon on DVD mm. or maybe somewhere else. But it's a documentary called The Kid Stays in the Picture. He has been both the toast of this town and he's been an outcast in Hollywood. The legendary producer who made superstars and crashed and burned. A movie-making life few people have led, but it didn't come easy. It was the beginning of the golden era of the new Hollywood. And me, I was lucky to be part of it. My name is Robert Evans. Stardom found him. Big splash, New York businessman dives into pool and comes out movie star. Hollywood seduced him. When is the next actor and a bad one at that come out running a studio? Success defined him. Godfather. Paramount didn't want to make the film. Something I'd watched about 20 years ago, a friend of mine, a movie director friend of mine had put me onto it and I just loved it. And there are bits in it that have guided my life, I would say, for the last 20 years. Well, explain what it is. Yes. Yeah. So I was keen for you to see it because I thought it, it, it was a, a decent representation of my brain in some ways, you know, like where some of my ideas have come from. But this is a, a documentary that a, a guy has made about his own life. So he made his own documentary. Oh, so did he make it? He made it. Oh, produced wow. His own. So it's about him and he narrates his own life as well. So it's, there's something narcissistic about that. It's audio biography. Yeah. In short, he was a Hollywood movie producer called Bobby Evans or Robert Evans. And he went on to produce some of the biggest films in the world, like The Godfather and Rosemary's Baby and Chinatown. And, you know, he launched the careers of Jack Nicholson and Roman Polanski. 
and various other people, but he won countless Oscars and awards and he turned Paramount Pictures from uh, the ninth Hollywood movie, movie house out of nine to number one in Hollywood in less than about six years. And this was a guy who'd never produced a movie in his life. He got the job of the head of Paramount Pictures. So the initial first quarter of the documentary is how he did that. He started selling women's slacks. He got offered a job as a, a leading role in a movie, which he took, and he did quite well. Then he got an Ernest Hemingway movie, which didn't go so well. And the, all the actors in the movie, which were huge, credible actors, and Hemingway himself, wrote a letter to the producer saying, or I think they wrote a letter to Hemingway saying, if Bobby Evans stars in this picture, we're going to walk off set. And the producer, sorry, the director of that film said, we'll film for one day with him. If he's no good, we'll fire him. Uh, anyway, he films for one day and um, the director pulls up a, bun, a bullhorn and says, the kid stays in the picture and they carry on and make the movie. Anyway, the movie is, the movie does all right, doesn't it? But then yeah. the next movie is a it, huge The flop. next one is a massive flop. And he never acts ever again in his life. But weirdly, he's found himself in the movie business and he's extremely ambitious, an amazing salesman, very charismatic and attractive, right? Yeah, I mean, really attractive. Out, he looks so, so like, like Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. He was so weird. I couldn't believe that because I'd mm. never seen that before. And as soon as you said it, then I couldn't unsee it. Anyway, he goes on to, to work for Paramount and has the most outrageous career where he marries Ali McGraw from Love Story, who then runs off with Steve McQueen. He gets done for dealing drugs, all sorts of stuff. It's a great roller coaster ride. But my favourite bit really is in the opening title sequence, there's a piece of graphic that comes up that says... There are three sides to every story. Yes. Your side, my side, and the truth, and no one's lying. It lets him off the hook, I think, entirely to say, this is my truth. And whether you claim it didn't happen this way or that way, it just doesn't matter because this is, this is how it happened for me. Don't you think all biographies have to have, to have that at the beginning? Yeah. All biographies. or No, not biographies. All autobiographies yeah. because... If you're going to write an autobiography and you're talking about things that happened when you were five, six, seven years mm. old, you're not going to be solid mm. on those memories. <clears throat> They're your memories. Yeah. And often you can make memories that you believe to be true, but they might not be at all the memories mm. that somebody else has of the, exactly the same mm. event. So I think that's got to be proceed to every single yes. story and that we remember of us there's lives. Some, there is somebody out there, I can't remember who it is, a famous writer or philosopher that says there's no such thing as empirical truth because it's different for everybody. Mm. You know? And it's it's an example of that. I think that's one of the things well, I like I about think it. also, yeah. like, that's what we're experiencing now yeah. with the lockdown and COVID and everything, that it feels like everybody can take what they see and read and hear and make it their truth, but your truth might be completely different. Somebody else is interpreting it in a different way. So anyway, I, that's... I, I totally agree. And, and the scientists are as well, because an mm. oncologist's truth is going to be different mm. to... Mm. Uh, I don't... I can't think of another doctor. An epi another, epidemiologist or something. pediatrician. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's different for everybody. That, that's one of the things <laughs> I love about it. And then there's just a mixture of stories in there where he takes a chance. There's one brilliant story in there where Mia Farrow is having an argument with her husband, who is Frank Sinatra, and Frank rings Bobby Evans and says, I want Mia Farrow off this film by the end mm. of February. Otherwise, I'm going to divorce her. And she comes running in and says, Bobby, Bobby, Frank's going to divorce me. I need to come off the movie. I can't finish the movie. I can't lose Frank. And he takes her into this movie studio thing, and he says, I'm going to do something I've never done with an actress before. And he sits down and he shows her a rough cut of Rosemary's Baby. And he says to her, you should let Frank go because this movie is going to win you an Oscar. And you'll be soon saying, like, Frank who? Anyway, she decides to stay on the movie set past February. Frank does divorce her, but she goes on to win an Oscar. And it's just like, wow, whether that story's true, it doesn't sound true to me, but it could be. But, but it's he's, just but really... he's also quite, he's quite scathing about Mia Farrow and... Oh, yeah, he calls her Miss Snotty Pants or something. She, yeah, yeah, she is. And I wonder, I don't know, like, mm. whether, I mean, they can't be friends... No. I don't know after that. But anyway, it's funny, he's, isn't it? But... he's quite brutal in it yeah. with people. But I absolutely loved it because he, you fall in love with him as a person, that he is flawed. And also I think what's amazing is that he builds up this picture of boy done good, came from nothing. And 
you know, he didn't just make women's trousers. He he got women into trousers, mm. having been, you know, forced into a life of dresses. He started women wearing trousers. He started that kind of capri pant, high-waisted look of the 40s and 50s, which is like amazing in yeah. itself. Like even if he was just the man that did that. Did that, yeah, yeah. But he just, it just went on and on. And he took every opportunity that life threw at him. He just took it and he ran with it. And the other thing that I found so inspiring, and in fact, it's nice that you've talked about this today because it'll make me, it'll make me feel better about today that he just won't, take a problem as a problem yeah. he will he will say okay who are the cleverest people i know i want to get this attorney i want to get this guy who i've worked with on something mm. else we're going to sit in a room we're going to sit in a room for eight hours and talk non-stop until we find a solution when everybody's told him there is no solution yeah. he then finds a solution <laughs> and he goes back and he goes this is the solution everyone's like oh right okay yeah. i mean he he achieves the impossible time after time after time after time but what the other thing that made me really fall in love with him was that he fell so in love yeah and she completely broke his heart and he never properly fell in love again yes it, it feels work that like way. yeah i totally agree with that he had a string of gorgeous mm. women who yeah, know, yeah. were on his arm i mean real you know, showstoppers. What was great about him, and I think we, we both chime into this, is that when Ali McGraw runs off with Steve McQueen, he blames himself. Yes. You know, he doesn't go, well, wish he's all floozy or a bit mm. loose or anything. He just says, mm. God damn it, I knew what I'd done. I took my eye off the ball and let her out of my sight for mm. too long and all the rest of it, you know. And he said, I promised, I promised I would never leave her side for more than two weeks. Yeah. And he said, I've been, <laughs> I've been working, three months. I've been working for three months and she'd been working with Steve McQueen on a movie. Yeah. Um, it was brilliant. And there's other great bits in it as well where, I mean, he works with Francis Ford Coppola on The oh, Godfather. God, and, yes. and they end up in court together. Yes, because, while they're doing the film. Yeah, and then they carry on making the film. And one of the things he said is he said, look, you know, relationships are difficult sometimes. You know, we'll, 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 we work in together through this and we'll work together again. Even though they hate each other to the extent they take each other to court, they still agree that ultimately their relationship, as difficult as it is, is worth it, you know. But that's grown up. Oh, it's fantastic. Isn't it? You it's know, grown yeah. up. It's not spiteful. It's mm. appreciating somebody, but not letting them take you for a ride. Mm. It's, he's just a brilliant guy. Um, you know, obviously the drug, uh, the drug incident, because it's like he slightly got honey trapped into that. Yes. Didn't he? So I even slightly forgave him that because I thought, yeah. hang on, you were, you were tricked into that. Mm. But he had started getting into the druggy world. And I felt a bit sad about that because I thought, my God, you've got through all your youth. Yeah. You've got to kind of 35, 40 without ever taking drugs. And mm. now you're taking drugs. Yeah. Like, why would you start then? It's weird, isn't it? It seems crazy. Mm. I absolutely loved it. But I feel cruel that we are telling people mm. about this amazing documentary, that we are recommending a documentary that is nigh on impossible to find. You go onto Amazon. <laughs> and, and, and have a look. Um, we should. We need to get kickbacks from Amazon. Yeah, go on to Amazon and have a look. I, I got it from Amazon for your, for your birthday. And so there are copies of it out there. The you, kid stays in the picture. The, yeah. Now, if you really enjoy it, there's a book that's uh, kind of inspired the, that documentary called Easy Riders and Raging Bulls. And obviously Bobby Evans features in that a lot, but also Francis Ford Coppola, Martin Scorsese, uh, Brian De Palma, yeah. George Lucas, Steven Spielberg. It's about what happened when directors got control of movies. Because prior to that point, directors weren't in control of anything. They just basically told actors where to stand and when to stop and where right. to start talking. It was only that, that era of, of, um, of, mo of movie directors that really started to own those films and mm. transform cinema, really. Because up until the 50s, you can see a, a 50s movie. Mm. Like, they're all shot pretty much exactly the same way. The yes. stars were the actors. Yes. But from about the 60s onwards, it became about the directors and the and those directors on the films. And it's a story of that. And it's absolutely a knockout book full of the most amazing stories you've mm. ever heard of. Excess and absolute kind of abuse of power and all sorts of stuff. It's Sounds crazy. like yes. just my kind yeah, of book. Yeah. So, um, so there you go. The Kid Stays in the Picture and Easy Riders and Raging Bulls. That's uh, my first recommendation. 
Okay, well, mine is, mm-hmm. um, I got sent a jumper this week, which um, I don't mean to be a dirty birdie, but I've worn it three days this week. I, I, I really, here, yeah. <laughs> I really, 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 really like it. Yeah. Um, firstly, because it's yellow. Mm-hmm. And secondly, because it has embroidered on it the words kick ass, which I feel embodies how I feel I'm, or I need to feel. Mm. And do you know what was funny? I was walking down the street today. It was quite hot, so I took my coat off. I had it over my arm, and I was walking down the street. I had a mask on, so I don't think many people know yeah. who I am. But women were smiling at me yes. all the time. They read the T-shirt, or they read the jumper, mm-hmm. and they start smiling. So the name of this business that um, sent it to me is Fund Jumpers. Okay. So you can find them at Fund Jumpers. And when I say fund, it's F-U-N-D, jumpers.com. In the package Mm -hmm. um, with it, it came two sort of postcards. The emblem or the mottos or the sayings or the quotes or whatever that are on the T-shirts, the woman that started the business, Rachel Howard, she's the founder, she wanted to be an artist but she always used to look for inspiration from various people and she was always really attracted by quotes and sayings and she always sort of thought, isn't it amazing how you can read a quote? Well, it's a bit like you and your quote Yes. at the beginning of the film and that you live by that quite a lot. Mm. It's a piece that of they philosophy, can, yeah. They can, you know, kick ass wearing this jumper and the way that women interact with me when I wear it. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel something. It isn't just a piece of clothing. Yeah, yeah. It it made me feel good when I was having a bit of a shit day. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is quite an interesting concept. And so she took her art and said, okay, so the canvas is the wool. Mm-hmm. And my paint are the words. Yeah. And the embroidery. And so one of the postcards said, I would rather be a rebel than a slave. And that was Emmeline Pankhurst. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and so there's a jumper that says the word rebel on it, which yep. I really like. Pink one, that's nice. And then another one, Robert Swan said, the greatest threat to our planet is the belief that someone else will save it. Great. So she's written the word save it. Great. On a jumper. Yeah, I like that. So there are lots. Color. They're very nice colours. They're you very bright. And it says here, make your statement. Fund is an empowerment movement. We make ethical knitwear embroidered with meaning, weaved in Britain using the finest Scottish wools. We donate 100 school meals to children living in poverty with every jumper sold. Wow. Every jumper? Every jumper. There's 100 meals? Yes. Wow. Um, empowering positive. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If change through ethical luxury. And it's very luxurious, I do have to say. It looks like an expensive jumper. Looks this like this jumper says kick ass on it. Yeah. And um, that's a Maya Angelou. Yeah, I was going to um, say, saying, where does that come from? Life's a bitch, you've got to go out and kick ass. I mean, what's interesting is you slightly put an R into, uh, into the word uh, kick ass. Ass? Yeah. You wouldn't say ass. No, I feel like that's American. Yeah. It's interesting that. But maybe because you're northern, you'd say kick ass. I wouldn't ever say ass, I don't think. Ass is what? not... I'd say ass as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. When that film came out, what kick ass, it? I had real difficulty with telling people about it. I went to see the film kick ass. People what would Alex Turner kick, say? Kick ass. Ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So would Alan Partridge. <laughs> Kick ass. Um, um, so yeah, okay. Basically, the yarn yep. is from small independent farmers. So, and they come from a British company and they exclusively manufacture the highest wool from free range pasture, pa, pa, pasture, pasture fed, ethically reared sheep. Now, this is such a thing at the moment because mm-hmm. people are very into sustainable clothes. Yes. Um, ethically sourced. I think the fact oh, wow. that it's ethically sourced, they're British sheep. Mm-hmm. Wool is very low impact. And I hadn't really thought about what a good material wool is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's strong, it's warm. It's antibacterial, I think they said. Okay. Um, yes, it's naturally antibacterial. So you can wear it <laughs> for three days in a week. I'm not a dirty birdie. No, I'm not, Michael. Mm. And obviously it's a biodegradable fibre. So, you okay, know, yes. if it was, it would naturally just de- degrade. Yeah. degrade. And it's longer lasting, so you don't have to wash it every single day. Okay. It's, it's something that you can wear for a few days. Anyway, all of their packaging is completely plastic-free, so it came in a box, but the box hasn't got any kind of, um, you know, sometimes they have sort of plasticky yes. layer on them. That It's all completely natural cardboard. Okay. So, uh, And they're a carbon-neutral company, and the uncoated cardboard comes from Cornwall. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you can feel really good wearing their jumpers mm-hmm. they cost and they are expensive but they do call themselves ethical luxury 165 pounds for wow. a jumper okay <laughs> wow um but this is a jumper yep. that will last you it's not gonna bobble yeah, yeah. it's not gonna start looking revolting and there's a hundred school meals in and it. and there's a hundred school meals yeah. in it and i feel like i will wear it a lot she, um, I think you will as well. She she grew up in South Africa, in a very very poor area in South Africa, and that's mm. where her need to help kids okay. who don't have enough food on the table, that's where the need for her to do that came from. There is something also about that jumper, I think, that uh, taps into the the child in me, which is the colours, the yellow and black, mm. which is was Bruce Lee's fighting suit in Way of the Dragon. And it's also Uma Thurman's in... Kick uh, Ass. Um, what's it called? Kill Bill. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. of course it was Kill, it was Kill Bill, Kill Bill 1 it? and 2, and she wears yes, a yellow yes, suit yes, yes. with a black stripe. And there's something about those colours that resembles yes. the idea that you kick ass yes, as well. Yes. I think because Bruce Lee wore it and she wore yes, it. Yes, I then thought the phrase kick ass. I thought that film was kick ass, but it no, wasn't. That's a Matthew Vaughan film. Yes. About that ten year old girl who yes. <laughs> swears quite badly in it. But she batters everyone and kills them all yes. with, her, with her kung fu. So there's something else buried within though that colour scheme yes. as well of like energy and strength and power and all the rest of it. It's really good. It's oh. a brilliant jumper. Oh, and, uh, you thanks. look great in it. So I don't mind how often you wear it. Thank and you. What is it? What's happened to you and the colour yellow over the last two years? I don't know. You put yellow on one day and the whole kind of <laughs> world went crazy and went, oh my God, you look great in yellow. Now, well, you're no. like an M&M. Every time I look at it, it's like, she's got yellow on again. And I can see why. It's brilliant. It it's like me, It's like me and that green jumper. Oh, yeah. I can't stop wearing green jumpers these yeah. days. I was going to talk about a jumper brand today. I'm going to save it to next week, otherwise we might all go a bit jumper. Someone sent, because we did a post and I said, God, I'm always wearing this green jumper. Oh, yeah. And somebody I used to work with called Vicky a long time ago at PR, she went, oh, my God, she said, I'm going to send you a jumper so you can stop wearing your green one. So she sent us some jumpers. Oh, I love but, that. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to talk about them next week. Okay. Um, but they're really nice. Uh, a similar feel to, to yes. I guess, uh, what um, what they called these, what fun... Fund- Fundjumpers.com, yes. And so, also, yeah. it's fund it's fundjumpers.com, but it's also fundjumpers on Instagram. On if you Insta. want to go and see what they're about, just go and check out their Insta page. Um, do um, they do any lovely. men's things? Are they just the ladies? Just the ladies uh, at the moment. I like a man's jumper with some words but, on it. But, Michael, th- they are quite a unisex shape. Yeah, yeah, they are. I quite like the neck Try that well. on later. I will, I'll try it on try later. Try it on later and we can play. So I was stuck for something to watch the other day and yeah. I was just poodling through uh, the iPlayer, which I do doing? from time to time, poodling. Mm-hmm. Just uh, having a mooch about. I didn't want anything long. I didn't want anything heavy. Um, sorry, the Coke was repeating on me there. Mm-hmm. Coca-Cola. And uh, just something throwaway and disposable. And I stumbled across this thing. Dermot Leary presents this show uh, mm-hmm. on the iPlayer. 
and it's called Real Stories, spelt R-E-E-L. Oh my God, he's with Rod Stewart. Yes, so he's done a few of these. So he's done one with Noel Gallagher, he's done one with Kylie Minogue. He's done a few others as well, but one was one with Rod Stewart that topped up. Now I've met Rod a couple of times, just from being backstage at various TV shows and things like that. And he's such a nice fella. He always says hello and has a little chat. I mean, he doesn't know me from Adam, you know, but I'm just a guy hanging but around. But he's nice. He's, but he's nice. nice. That, mate, you know, that's so nice, chat. isn't yeah. it? And I love it when you hear nice things yeah, about people that you love. I've been seeing Rod a few times. Uh, Have you? Live, yeah. Oh, my God. Always, is he good? Always, yes, he is very good. I mean, what the, one funny <laughs> thing is, it, I remember he comes out, you know, and he's very flamboyant because I was a proper mod for a long time and yes. Rod was the original mod yes. to a certain extent. In, and in always, the 60s. always had unbelievably good hair always had great hair oh great my god and great early rod's hair oh yeah it's oh. crazy isn't it he's the roller set so hot and then obviously he went to do you think i'm sexy and all that and then the 80s and he wore some rather ridiculous clothes and but kind it, of amazing oh, amazing yeah when you look back he, yeah. he said do you think i'm sexy was a, a, a turning point in his career where the press turned on him some of the fans turned on him as well and it, it, his career was muddied for a while and then you had kenny everett obviously doing the Do You Think I'm Sexy? Do you remember that? Yes, and his bum so used to well. get bigger and bigger and then so he well. away. So he became a kind of parody of, of Rod Stewart, not even not even Rod Stewart. But he said now, you know, he said when I play that song at a concert, people go, go crazy for it, yeah. I mean, I remember mm. uh, New Year's Eve, I must have been 11 and that song coming on and the mm. whole place went yeah. mad. And he was saying that, that, look, you know, the Bee Gees were doing Saturday Night Fever and there was all these disco bands and stuff yeah. like that. And he said, I just wanted to make a disco record. And he said, I thought it was really good. It was really and good. And when you listen to it now, you do go, but as soon as you hear that, you think, oh my God, here it comes. Did a little Yeah, it's a great song, isn't it? You know. I had no idea that there was a backlash to Do You Think I'm Sexy. I just thought Do You Think I'm Sexy was one of your great hits. It yeah, there was a backlash. And the critics really killed me for it. Why? You know, because it wasn't rock and roll and I was jumping on the disco bandwagon. I, I did take a lot of stick. It was like I was wearing a pink toilet seat around my head for, 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 for a couple of years. And I actually dropped it. But now, people love it, you know. It Do you reminds, love it now? Do you love it Yeah, now? it reminds people of the, of the late 70s disco era. Yeah. You know, the Stones had uh, Miss You and the Bee Gees. We were all doing that stuff. So when I was just leaving school, me, Giff and Addy were the kind of three amigos that we'd go out. We used to listen to quite a lot of Rod Stewart getting ready to go out. We're like a bunch of girls, you know, <laughs> putting wax in our hair, doing highlights on each other and stuff like <laughs> that, getting our gear on ready to go out. But we'd always listen to these two or three Rod Stewart songs, all a bit mopey, really. But there's one called I Was Only Joking, which is one of my all-time favourite Rod Stewart songs. So have a little listen to that if you, if you fancy. It's a little journey about him kind of, uh, I guess, meandering through sleeping with different women. What was the song called? I Was Only Joking. Mm-hmm. And then it's a little about the demise of kind of sleeping around and, you know, it catching up with you. But it's a really good song because they go on to talk about Maggie May, of course, which was a, originally a B-side, but um, it was an American radio station that flipped the record and made it famous. It was a Because it's a song that doesn't have a chorus. Nobody thought it would be a big hit. Of course, it turns into one of the biggest hits of all time. Anyway. I mean, it's an amazing song. Maggie Mae is great, isn't it? So good. And very relevant for a young man to be going out with an older woman, which is what the song's about. All right, all right. All right, that's that. So anyway, I'd love anybody to go and have a watch of this. What is brilliant about it is that Rod Stewart, when he was about 14 or 15 years old, features in a BBC documentary, not as a singer or anything like that. Where's that? They've just captured him and they go to his mum and dad's shop and interview his mum and dad about what it's like to have a teenage boy and what... what... No. I mean, it's hilarious. Where is that? It's, well, it's in this thing. If you oh, watch this, it's it? in here. I'll watch it later if you want. Yes, please. But Dermot's like, wow, like, what, where did... What, what is this? And he said, oh, it's just... You know, I was just approached to see... You know, they wanted to ask what, what life was like for a teenage boy because... I, I bet Dermot's really good at this. Yeah, he's great because he, he loves the guests and he's genuinely interested and engaged in his story. And he's very, very good at research. Yeah. He does he does really mm. work and he and he knows people, mm. he loves music. I think this is a very, very good oh, it's a lovely format, um, for, format him. for him. And there's a lot of laughing and it's very friendly. The Noel Gallagher one's great as mm. well. So, um, yeah, there's just this thing. And so they go and speak to his dad and his dad runs, they run a little local corner shop, you know, and his dad's saying, well, 
he said he won't be drinking. He just lives. He just plays music all the time, you know. And then his mum just creeps in from the side, and she says, "Who's talking about Rod?" You know, it's just such an odd thing seeing the sixties, like Mr. and Mrs. Um, Stewart. Yes, Mr. and Mrs. Stewart, and of course, Rod is. He's very sentimental because he's going, God, look at me, Dad. And, and then he goes, oh, there's my old mum there. God, I can't Aww. believe it. And he said, I hadn't seen that footage for years. And then they present him with lots of footage that he hasn't really seen either. There's a great one where he comes out and sings an old soul classic in front of uh, the Grammys one year that he'd wow. never seen. He said, I remember doing it, but I've never seen the footage. Aww. And it's just brilliant. I mean, I love the, uh, the faces, you know, where yes. he teams up with Ronnie Wood and Ronnie Lane. And yes. All but it's just a half hour, lovely trip down memory lane. It's a brilliant bit of like popular history, like yeah. what would you call it, kind of modern history, where you just see a little bit of someone's life. But one of the things that used to make me laugh about Rod when I went to see him live is, as I was going to say earlier, is that he comes out on stage, you know, he kicks a lot of footballs into the crowd. Does he? Yeah, big inflatable football. So they're bouncing around. Everyone's having a great old great. time. But every so often, you know, like virtually three or, t- three or four times a song, he's doing his air with his hands, you know, he's Love singing that. away quaffing his air a bit like that. And then what you'll find, three songs in, there's a big drum solo for about a minute. And he goes off. Goes off. Gets his Blow dries his hair. Comes back out. Air's all dry again. Oh my God, I love it. And then there's a big saxophone solo. Off again. Blow dries his hair. Goes off. Love it. So he gets his hair done about four times throughout the show. It's absolutely... But he's got a really good head of hair for a man his age, no? It's amazing. Look at that. And as far as I'm aware, it's still... All his... um, but um, it's only 29 minutes long. It, it broadcast on 14th of December 2019. And Lovely. it's just a little half-hour thing. But the Noel Gallagher one's great. The Kylie Minogue one's great. Dermot does Lovely. a brilliant job. But it, I love Rod. And yeah. It, it talks about his relationship with Elton John and one thing or another. But it's a really great little insight into I need him. to get a Rod Stewart playlist going. Great. I'll, let's consider Help it done. Well, I'll, I'll sling one together for you. Okay. Um, so I would highly recommend that if someone's got half an hour to kill. It's okay. really good fun. I'm continuing on my mm-hmm. Good for the Planet uh, mission yeah. in today's recommendations because um, I want to talk to you about Oddbox. Okay. So Oddbox is a company, oddbox.co.uk, and what I really, really like about it <clears throat> is that its language that it uses it's like neuro-linguistic programming in some way that it makes you want so much to buy veg, fruit and veg boxes off them mm-hmm. because of the words that they use. There are very emotive words. So they talk about rescuing surplus fruit and veg directly from the farm and helping to save the planet while you do it. So the way... So the button that you press in order to look further into, it isn't like more info. It says, it says start rescuing. <laughs> so suddenly, okay, right, yeah. this fruit and veg, it's human. Uh-huh. Okay, yes. Uh, all the You've fruit and veg has got little faces it. on it. Yeah. And the carrots are going, help, help me, help, yeah. I need some. So did you know if food waste was a country, it would be the third biggest emitter of greenhouse gases? Say that again. If food, food waste, waste was a country, was a country, okay. it would be the third biggest. There is that much food waste yeah. that it emits just like... Wow. It, it's just enormous. And the waste comes from supermarkets that basically turn away fruit and veg that don't meet... Because you know, like, fruit, yep. supermarkets have got, like, very strict cosmetic yep, rules. Straight That's bananas. why everything yep. looks the same. Mm-hmm. It's homogenised. Yeah. There's a very sort of... Do, do you have in your local supermarkets, in my local supermarket, which I know is a bit different from your, you, uh-huh. you shop around at various places, mm-hmm. do they do any veg, like ugly veg? We've uh, got a carrot, like you can get I cheaper bags of I carrots that uh, no, are ugly. I haven't, I haven't seen them, but I've heard about them. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. So basically anything that doesn't kind of meet that strict cosmetic rule, mm-hmm. um, they rescue and stuff, it could be stuff that's too old, but like still... Yeah, yeah, Still edible and edible. good and tasty. Too and big, that. too small, mm-hmm. um, and they deliver um, weekly to you. So you kind of set it up as a weekly delivery. Now they do three different sizes, so you can have a small, a medium, or a big. Yep. Um, for two people, I would say a small is perfect. Mm-hmm. It would last you all week. They do choose what goes in, mm-hmm. and in the fruit and veg box, which is quite a lot because you've got fruit and veg in it, you've got nine different types of veg. And four different types of fruit. 
Uh-huh. Um, in the veg boxes, you've got nine different types of veg. And in the fruit booster, there's five types of fruit. So you can get either fruit, just fruit, just veg, or both. The thing is, is that they they will send you maybe something that you haven't cooked with before, but it's not madly obscure. Yeah. So I don't use aubergine a lot, mm-hmm. but it might send me an aubergine. But <clears throat> I quite like this idea of thinking, oh, Christ, it's an aubergine. I haven't previously liked aubergines very much. I'm very open to the idea of trying to cook more with aubergines. Okay. So I would then go and look up an aubergine mm-hmm. recipe. I mean, the good food... The BBC Good Food. Yeah, yeah, online. the website. It's so good. good. It? Yes, I'm, I made a toad in the hole from the BBC it, Food it's website. So good, yeah. isn't it? All you have to do is go and check your postcode online. It will tell you if um, they will deliver. So I think it's actually very good value. So when you think you've got nine veg and four fruit, they start so a small box, but you've got a lot in there yeah. in the small box. Twelve ninety nine. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. And for just the fruit booster, which is five different fruits, but quite a lot of yeah, fruit, yeah. Um, ten ninety nine. And do they deliver? They deliver to your door just once a week. So you've got all this fresh fruit and veg. Yeah. You can top up. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because it just reminds that's a Peter K joke, that where he rings the Chinese take when he says, <laughs> do you deliver? And he goes, no, we do chicken, fish and pork or something <laughs> like that. Um, <laughs> when I said, do you deliver? He goes, no, we do fruit and veg. Sorry, um, I drifted there. So yeah, so they do deliver, and you. I think to my area, they deliver every Monday. So um, I okay, get a box every, every Monday, and then I've got fresh fruit and veg, and I can just plan my meals around, around what that. comes. But you again, you just feel like. Do they just deliver it to your doorstep? Do you have yeah. to be in? Well, I, it depends. I think depends. you could probably put where you where you want them to leave it. Yeah. Um, you know, okay. most, most people most people have, have a, a safe place. Yeah. People don't really steal. Fruit and veg from your doorstep. They are on Instagram as well. Um, They're called Oddbox London LDN. So it's Oddbox LDN. Because they've got 80,000 followers. Oh, well, that's a good sign, isn't Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. That would be good, actually, because I reckon I must spend more than that on going to the shop and buying fruit and veg. And I don't care what shape it is, quite frankly. No, neither do I. And it's, and I mean, I've, in any of the boxes that I've received, I can't see anything with it. There's nothing. Oh, is it? Is it? Yeah, there's no penis <laughs> yeah. shaped. I was kind of looking, You're looking forward, forward to, sort to of some uh, yeah. rude veg, but yeah. there's nothing There's okay. nothing weird about it. When I look at it, I think, what is wrong with that? Mm. I can't see why you would oh, turn okay. that down. So to me, it looks like a really rather beautiful box of fruit and veg. Okay. Well, I'm delighted about that. I'm going to get on board with that. I'd like to go shopping less um, yes. and get more stuff delivered. I don't think that's good or bad, really, but... I think just... I think this is good because yeah. it is good for the planet. Mm. It is saving fruit and veg from going on the scrap heap. Yeah. It's all sent in a nice recyclable yeah. box. Okay. And there's not oh, pa- plastic packaging oh, or anything God. in there. I've got to say, recycling, nothing irritates me more yeah. than cutting up cardboard. Yeah. I, I must spend three hours a week yeah. in total. Sorting out recycling. It's so oh, annoying. I, hate it. yeah. I know. I so I think this with... is um, this is good because also the fruit and the veg comes um, not in plastic okay. inside either. Okay. There's so all it'll be a punit. There will be a punit of grapes, but that's recyclable. That's recyclable. So okay. It's a feel good product. Great. Um, and it's cheap, and you feel like you're doing yeah. good for the. I'd planet. like to. I'd like to spend forty pounds a month on it. Would be. Would be mine. Well, I think you could easily I do could that. Probably do that, right? Totally. More than that. Oh, good. I'd be interested to see how much um, fruit and veg you boys get through. I would say one small fruit and veg would be enough. Yeah. Okay. And what? How much is that? Twelve ninety nine. Twelve ninety nine a week. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna have a little look. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So I think what I'm going to do is just briefly mention Dawn's book. Yes. Um, because I'm going to read this and you're going to read it as well, okay. by the way. Maybe we could read it together. Yes. You could read me some. I'll read uh, you some. Right, we could do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's out in hardback. I think it just came out this week. She's plugging it at the moment quite a bit. Um, she hasn't asked me to do this or anything, but she gave me a copy of the book. She hasn't signed it, you know. What? It's not really no, nice, No, 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 no. You've got to take it back. I'm going to take it back. I'm seeing her, next. Got to... I'm seeing her next month. She's got so, to sign so it. I'm going to it signed, you know. 
This is outrageous. Can I just say something? Yes. This is a hardback book that she's given you. Yeah. The hardback book is lovely. Yeah. It's got lovely big print. Yeah, I know. The lines are nice and widely spaced. No pictures. I find yeah. books that write tiny print and the lines are very close together, I find them off-putting. I don't it's want stressful, to, right? I don't want to read it. I'm going to read the blurb at the back. The old millennium turns into the new. In the same hospital, two very different women give birth to two very similar daughters. Hope leaves with a beautiful baby girl and Anna leaves with empty arms. Oh. Seven years later, the gods who keep watch over broken-hearted mothers wreak mighty revenge and the truth starts rolling, terrible and deep towards them all. The power of mother love will be tested to its limits and perhaps beyond. Wow. Because of you is Dawn French's stunning new novel. Um, so it is apparently a tough read. But also mm. there's lots of humour in it and things like that as well. Mm. Um, so uh, I'm going to give that a shot because I definitely need to immerse. I had oh, a New Year's to, resolution I know, I remember. to read 10 books this I remember. Year. I don't think I've read one so far. I remember. October. Yeah. Jesus, I've got some work to do. Yeah. This may well be I've the listened book. to lots of audio books. Yes, you have. You've done very well there. This is an audio book as well where she is oh, reading it. Oh, is she? Yeah, so I'm doing you, that. Why don't you do, the, you do that and I'll read it. And you I'm can doing listen that. To it. Okay. Why do you um, not audio book? I just forget. You should audio book. Yet. Can I talk about one more thing? You can. You, no, you no, no. Something? I think, because we were going to talk about Apple Watches. We both now have Apple Watches. But shall we just do that? Or no, well, we let's save it till next week. Next week. We're 55 minutes in. And I would like to do a couple of shout-outs, really. Oh, well, let's do the shout-outs. And I'll do my like other nice one later. We missed, we missed shout-outs last week. So let me see what I can find in... Guess where I keep the shout-outs? Do you put them in general? I put them in the general thing. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's really smart and clever. It's really and smart and clever. We've got a few. So Vicky McPhail is who sent me um, the jumpers. So Vicky, we're going to we're going to see these jumpers next week. Someone sent a Teddy Pendergrass documentary. This is oh, I love Rosalinda, Teddy Pendergrass. Rosalinda Steele said just how much uh, she is loving the podcast, uh, and she recommended this. It's on BBC Two. Teddy Pendergrass. If you don't know me, and she just said it's a fantastic documentary. I haven't got around to seeing it, but I will. If you don't, I'm writing that down. Know me, BBC Two, so I play her. Yes. Okay, great. And Michelle Witherington, I think she's yeah. called. She says, on our morning walk, Luna and I listened to Series 2, Episode 3, and loving it. Thank you for your inspirational, thought-provoking conversations you use, guys, without realising it, a real escapism. And then it says, also absolutely love your innuendos. I didn't realise we put innuendos in there. I think maybe. I think possibly in some episodes we do. Do we? They're naughty. You're you're a little bit naughty. I think they are a naturally occurring thing that I'm unaware mm. of, perhaps. But mm. thank you, Michelle, mm. for that. Louise, a couple of recommendations. She said unorthodox now, on Netflix. I I tried unorthodox. You I did watch a keen, bit. Were you? It's not. I wasn't keen. I wasn't rushing back to watch it. I thought it was good. I thought the lead was amazing in it, but I just wasn't. But Ratched. Oh, well, first of all, uh, Andy recommended me uh, Unorthodox. Andy's a very good friend of mine who's Jewish and he, he knows my obsession with Jewish religion. He says you've got to watch Unorthodox. So I yes. will watch that at some point. Ratchet, Sonny's watching Ratchet at the moment. Is it good? And he is glued, Sonny's my oh. oldest son, and says it is brilliant. Because do you so, remember the nurse in One Flew Over the Cooker's I, I do, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nurse Ratchet. Medication mm. time. Mm. So thanks, Where uh, is Louise. Ratchet? Uh, it's on Netflix. Uh, and then she also says, I also love On the Spectrum about young autistic singles determined to find love. That sounds good, doesn't it? It's utterly fascinating and illuminating about the struggles that prolong the spectrum have. Sure yeah, that sounds there. really interesting. Uh, thank you, Louise. Oh, Davina and Michael discovered this podcast just last weekend. This is Julie <laughs> Bullimore. Loving it. So many recommendations to keep you busy. Can I just say yeah, something? Yes. Julie yeah. started last weekend. She's up to episode 14. Really? I oh, yeah. Her. Up to episode 14. Well done, Julie. That is, that is really... Um, well done, Julie. Keep me busy over what's likely to be a very long winter. Conscious yeah. that I've not heard all the episodes and you might have already done this one, but my suggestion <gasps> is for heard a film of it. called Brigsby Bear. Haven't heard of it. No idea where you could watch it, but I'd really be keen to hear what you guys think. Going to recommend this pod to all my friends. Thanks, oh, Julie. Thank great. you, Julie. Brigsby Bear. I've um, written it down. Great. We've got homework. Air fryer. What is that? 
thought you'd enjoy this. Oh, a no, BuzzFeed video on popcorn. It's hot popcorn. You've got no time in the morning and you want to make a beautiful uh, breakfast. Then put oh. these things Stop in the fryer. No, shut up. Seven minutes. And out comes a beautiful breakfast. Oh, my Put God. Subway oh. sandwich. Dip oh. it in flour and in eggs. Wow. Oh, my <laughs> God. Cover it in crumbs. Ooh, yum, yum, yum. Wow. I oh think my. we know what's going to happen next. Put it in the air fryer. Air fried <laughs> Subway. Air fried Subway. Oh. Wow. If you've got an air fryer and a spare oh. cob of corn, oh. cover it with oh my butter. Oh, my God. Butter. Cover it with butter. That's now he's talking. What happens next is the best part of all. It's not corn this anymore. It's hot. Oh. What? Today we are experimenting. Okay, pause. Okay. Pause. That is what? something that else. Is... What? So that was essentially, we'll have to put this on oh the internet after we can find it. This is called Air Fryer Jingles. Buzz, it's a BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed video. BuzzFeed video. But a guy puts a corn in the cob on the air fryer. Well, he covers it in butter, butter. Like a lot of butter. Yeah. My kind of amount of butter. I'm in shock. Then he puts it in the air fryer on 180. Yeah. And then he opens the drawer and the corn has popped on the cob and is still attached to the cob. It is the Pop, greatest thing. Popcorn on the cob. Popcorn on the cob. Oh, my Who God. Who sent us that? I do, I've got to go It goes back. on and on. This is Gina, Gina Ribena. Gina Ribena, 1981. Gina Ribena. Oh, Thought my God. enjoy all of these now. On my God, Gina, like you know but us you... inside and out. That's exactly what this we wanted to see. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I'm going to have to try that, right? BuzzFeed video, air fried jingles. I'm going to go and look that up. It's on Instagram, IGTV. Okay. Air fryer jingles. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. There's too many of these to choose from. Okay. Let's, uh, uh, documentary called The Staircase. Did you watch The Staircase? No. <gasps> okay. What? So this is Joanne May Bryce. She has recommended The Staircase on Netflix. 7.9 on IMDb. Oh, I it's love a, her. Thank you for telling a, us the IMDb rating. We uh, we always need that, yes. Joanna. It's a documentary about a guy who gets accused of killing his wife, I think. Um, it's about a year and a half ago since I've watched it. And it's it. true. It's a true story. It's a documentary about it. And a bit like the serial, you get presented with all the evidence. And it's really hard because one day you think, oh, he's guilty. And the next day you think, he can't possibly be guilty. He can't have done it. And then the next day you think, and we oh, don't know. You, well, you have to watch the documentary because there is a conclusion. Okay. But it's great. I totally agree, Joanne May Bryce. And thank you for reminding us Thanks, of it. Thanks, Joanna. Uh, Joanna May. Yeah, sorry. You're absolutely right. Sorry. This is Victoria Birch. And she's been listening to the podcast while watching her son play football. I have every Davina workout DVD I've done oh, for years. Victoria. Yeah, I've even got the pre and postnatal which oh. got me through my two pregnancies oh. now, 12 and 10. Oh. Wow. You guys are so current and relevant to me right now, which is very nice. Everything in your podcast I can relate to. Oh, and she lives in St Albans. This is the girl I said, come skipping. Oh, yes. Yes, and she said she'd love to skip in Verilamian Park. I've never skipped before, but it feels so right. And I said, definitely. Next time I'm going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to oh. send you a message, Victoria, and you can come skipping oh. with us. What's that? Well, that has just come through today. So who's this? Jackie McIntosh. Hi, Michael and Davina. Just wondering if you would give me a wee shout out. I've broken my leg. Oh, no. <gasps> she's normally very active. So oh. she must be going absolutely bonkers. But look where she's from. Oh, she's from Dundee. She's from your hometown. Oh. She's stuck, at, stuck home. at home. Yeah, go on. And keeping sane, going through your fab podcast. So just wanted to say thank you. Also, did you say that Making the Cut podcast is now on YouTube? She's searched, but you guys aren't there. That's because we did an absolute pants job last time of filming it. But we will be there soon. We've just got to get our act together with the cameras and everything. It's, yeah. It's a big task. But um, I yeah. broke my leg, Jackie McIntosh, before. Mm. And it mm. is a weirdly depressing thing. Yes. Where you think, oh, well, I broke my leg. I'll wait till it fixes. But psychologically, it's, it's quite a big yes. thing. I found some forums on the internet of other people who'd broken their legs. And I took quite a lot of comfort in finding that other people were feeling the same as me. Mm. The further the break is away from your heart, the longer it takes to heal. Did you know that? Wait, that's really sweet. Yeah, because the blood's got to pump from your heart. Yeah. So the further away it is, mine was my ankle. It took 12 weeks to heal in the this end. This is why I think my tendons and my fingers took so long to heal because I've got such bad blood circulation that it just doesn't get, 
to yeah, yeah. have all the better to hug you with. <laughs> um, yes, well, it, it, I think it is, there is something about that. Uh, they took the plaster cast off me and it hadn't healed whatsoever. And they just what? said, start walking on it. Really? And I started walking on it, healed in three weeks. Weird. Because I went through, the, they, they do this thing now, I think, where they do this active recovery, where yes. the more you use it, the faster it heals. But best of luck, Jackie. We Good are luck, thinking Jackie. about you. Uh, and let's just do one last one uh, to call it quits. This is somebody sending us where to get Vivaldi potato seeds from to grow oh. our own Vivaldis. Yes, amazing. Laura McGregor, Mac, Mac Gregor. She sent us some pictures of uh, how to uh, how to grow our own Vivaldi potatoes. We love Vivaldi potatoes. Thank you um, so much, Laura. Yeah, great stuff. More of that next week. We've got I've got a few nice things to talk about next week. I mean, so have I. We, we could have gone on for, forever today. I've got two very, very, very funny and bloody marvelous Instagram accounts to tell you about. Oh yes, of course, two. of course. Great. Okay, good. Um, and thanks. one is particularly for the girls. Is it? That's is it? really funny. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We're very grateful. Thank you. Um, we'll look forward to speaking to you again very soon. And can I just say, I don't feel so sad. Yeah, this good. This actually has cheered me up a lot. Oh, has it? Yeah. Good. I don't think we shouldn't worry about it. It's going to be no, all right. No, I know. It's it going to be all right. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Stay safe, everybody, and keep well, and uh, we'll speak to you very, very soon. Love you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.